Welcome to the Crushing Land Podcast, brought to you by The Land Method. Each week, our host, Jonathan, along with The Land Method team and special guest speakers, will answer your burning questions on land investing or discuss relevant real estate investing strategies and principles. So without further ado, let's get started. And welcome to Crushing Land. We're happy to have you here with us this week. And this week, we're going to be taking on a topic that is a a little bit higher level. It's something that some of you have seen me doing, and you've reached out, and you've asked some questions about. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And that is the subject of rezoning land or getting a zoning change on land, when and if that makes sense to do. How do you do it? What's involved? How complicated is it? How expensive is it? all of those things. That's what we're going to be talking about today with you. So first, what is rezoning? Well, simply, it is just changing the current zoning designation on a piece of land to a different one. Generally speaking, speaking, that is done by the local governments, planning commissions, things like that. They often do it with out somebody petitioning them, meaning an owner of a property or developer or something like that. They will do this to address changing concerns and needs in a community. They'll do this on their own based on what they're seeing in that area. That does not mean that you cannot do that. You can petition them to have a zoning change. Now, it's very rare to have a zoning change be done only on a single piece of property. Normally it affects adjacent pieces together. Is it possible that it can be done in a single piece? Yes, but it doesn't happen all that often. So first and foremost, why would you want to change zoning on a piece of property? Well, the reality is to make it more appealable or more appealing to other people, appeal to more buyers, more uh, a, a bigger group, developers, whatever it may be for that area. We have gotten uh, properties that have been uh, zoned as uh, industrial, for example. Now, as industry moves away, that may not be the most appealing zoning, but you can generally get a piece of industrial land zoned as general commercial. And so because of that, as you're moving that along, you're obviously now being able to use it for more and more uh, uses. Some of the things that we run into more often with our zoning changes is what it can be used for, what it can be, uh, what can be put on it and things like that. So, for example, we had some property that we were working with that allowed only single family homes on it. We looked at the old zoning and we saw that all around it were mobile homes and modular homes. So we uh, petitioned the zoning board to have that changed. We wanted, we own a number of properties. We wanted it changed so that ours could also accommodate uh, mobile homes and uh, manufactured homes. Now, the way that that worked is we petitioned to them. Uh, They actually sent out a letter to all the owners in the area that would be affected and basically said, we're going to have a meeting on this. Let us know your thoughts. If you have any concerns or anything like that, let us know in advance. If not, we're just going to move forward with this. Now, of course, in that case, people did not care about it because that's what they already had in that area. And the reason that we were petitioning to get that done, some people may say, well, that's actually bringing the value of the property down, right? Right? Because it's mobile homes and modular homes now as opposed to just single family. But that's what was in the area. That is what the normal buyer in that area was going to be putting on that property. And so we didn't want to limit ourselves to only having single family homes. 
Now, if we were in a different situation where everything around us was beautiful single family homes, you're not going to go out and petition and say, oh, please, uh, our property uh, we, only allows us. So let's change it and let's only have uh, let's allow single. Uh, I'm sorry, um, mobile and modular homes at that time. No, we wouldn't do that. Right. Because it, we would keep it for what's there. It wouldn't really do us any benefit. But looking at what was there, looking at what was around, it made sense to go ahead and do that. Again, we've done this with commercial land. Commercial is another big one where uh, it's it's uh, already zoned for some sort of residential, but commercial's kind of taken over maybe in one little section, but it hasn't reached us yet. But we know that basically our land is the exact same thing. So, you know, it's on a, on a road that's whatever uh, has already had uh, commercial development done uh, on part of it. And now as we're getting closer to us, uh, maybe the last few properties are still zoned residential. So it's a matter of getting those changed to commercial zoning as well, which most owners are going to want, even if they live there, even if they live in the house, they're still going to like that because they're going to be grandfathered in, but it does bring the value of their property up if they ever decide to sell. And if they do decide to sell, it's not like it has to be used for that. It can be used for that, but it's not like, oh, sorry, you sold the house and now that house needs to be used for commercial use only. That property's already been grandfathered in. And so because of that, people are able to still live in that house if they so desire uh, and sell it as a residential use. But obviously after it changes to commercial, uh, it could not be changed back. Now that is the case where it's just been changed to commercial zoning. What would normally happen in a case like that would actually be something called mixed use, which would allow for homes, and commercial, and that's really a great zoning to have. Mixed use zoning is one of the best zonings to have because it allows you to reach as many different buyers as possible with so many different things. Uh, people talk about agricultural land sometimes and getting a zoning change. That's not really one that we mess with too often. Why don't we mess with changing from agricultural? Because agricultural land usually allows you to have a bunch of different uses. And so because of that, yes, you may be taxed differently and, and there may be repercussions with those taxes for not using it as it's supposed to be used, but that's up to the ultimate buyer and they understand that going in. But the nice thing about agricultural land is it usually allows for obviously agriculture, it allows for commercial, it allows for putting a home on it, all different things like that because of what it's what is there. And then from there, if they change it into something else and use it for only that specific purpose, they're not going to get the agricultural tax breaks, but that's not a huge deal, again, because they were, would have been paying on those same tax rates if they had just gone and bought a, a residential piece of land or a commercial piece of land or something like that. So it can allow for changing uh, land needs and things like that based on the area, the community evolves, it grows and things like that. You want to have the best, uh, the best zoning possible. Obviously, it can increase your value of land. That's the one that we as investors use the most. We want to obviously either increase the value of our land or make it more appealing to as many buyers as possible to be able to move it as quickly as possible. You can do it to promote economic development, things like that. We don't do that as much. That's going to be more of a developer issue where that could come in obviously into places if you have a very large tract of land and it's zoned one way and you want to break it up and subdivide it and create different things with it. Then from there, that property now would be zoned differently because say you had 20 acres and now you have them all at half acre lots. It's not going to probably be zoned the same way. That's where you could also be going in and going for a zoning change because maybe with that 20 acre lot it says yes it can be subdivided but this area only permits you know uh properties that are five acres and up and that only gives you four 
Well, you could easily be sitting there and showing a development plan and putting things in and putting roads in and get a zoning change to allow much smaller properties and then obviously get the best development out of the land and obviously also bring up the value of it because of that. So zoning changes is something that we do. It's not something that we deal with dramatically as realists, as land investors. It is a a tool that can be used and it's really a, a different niche of land investing. There's people out there that literally buy land for the sake of rezoning it. The beauty of it is you can literally in most cases pay right at market value for the property as it currently sits because you're going to be adding substantial value to that property by doing that. So it is a niche that you can do, but it's not something that you're going to be looking at in every property. Most properties are not going to fit it. And a lot of the properties that we deal with where we're talking about rezoning is just a simple rezoning of allowing something that wasn't previously there, like the example that I gave you of uh, changing it from single family only to allowing like modulars and, and mobile homes and things like that. It's not an expensive process in most cases because it's just a petition to get changing. It's usually in the $100, $200, $300 range. Sometimes it doesn't cost anything if the zoning board agrees and they want to put it forward. But if you're the one putting it forward, there's usually some sort of a, uh, some sort of fee, some sort of application, but it's usually pretty minor. And then there's meetings. So there's going to be, you know, the board's going to meet. They're going to send out letters. They're going to be doing different things, all of that. And then from there... You know, there may or may not be a zoning change, but most of that's going to be handled by them. So again, something that you can use, something that you can put into your arsenal in certain cases. If you want to really focus on that, like I said, that is a business model that some people do, and that's all they do with targeting these type of, of, uh, of properties to try to get a zoning change in them. Uh, we talked about before entitlements and subdividing and things like that. A lot of that involves getting a zoning change mixed in with that. But in some cases, you're talking about just getting a zoning change to allow something and then allowing the next person that takes over to just run with it as it sits. So everybody, thanks for joining us. Make sure to keep joining, uh, following us, like and subscribe, uh, tune in each and every week uh, for our regular Crushing Land series. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you listeners for joining in today. Join us again next week for another discussion on all things land. If you have a topic you want discussed, send us an email about it at thelandmethod at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website, thelandmethod.com. Remember to join the Land Method Facebook group as well if you want to be the first to hear this content and be a part of a community that supports each other in our land businesses. Have a great week.